Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness, rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. Now, I have given up everything else which I knew to be the only way to really know Christ. I haven't learned all I should, but I keep working toward that day when I will finally be all that Christ saved me for and wants me to be. 2019, knowing him more, knowing me. Welcome to Yakal House. And now, our senior pastor, Reverend Gilbert Osei. Today, I was speaking in a church. And I was telling them in the morning that if Christians know the importance and impact of what Christ did, a lot of things that Christians struggle about, they won't struggle about them. But what is not important is what we focus on. What is important, we don't know. Is so sad that Christians waste time praying for what they shouldn't pray for. So they went to church all right. They spent time sweating. But the question is, what were they sweating about? Philemon 1, 4 to 6. Philemon 1, 4 to 6. Philemon 4 to 6. Mm-hmm. I thank my God. He says, I thank my God. Making mention of thee always in my prayers. I make mention of you always in my prayers. Hearing of thy love and faith. When I heard of your love and your faith. Which thou hast toward the Lord Jesus. Which you have towards the Lord Jesus. And toward all saints. And towards all saints. So, Christianity is love and faith. Christianity is love and faith. You have faith and then you have love and you have faith and love towards God and towards your fellow Christian Christianity is to God and to man so what I receive from God I show it to my fellow man when I heard of your faith and your love so he could have said when I heard that you are now a believer I don't stop praying for you I make mention of you always in my prayers so anytime Paul is praying for the believer what does he pray for some people anytime they are praying it's about job, money marriage people go to church for these things and these are not the reason we go to church I was bored this week and I tuned to one of the radio stations and I couldn't believe it amazing things they are selling there first was a young lady says she has gotten something even though her parents say it's witchcraft she, she knows it's God who has sent her that she met an old man one day she disappeared and appeared and the old man gave her a gift and the gift is to give lotto numbers so if you are a child of God she has been sent to give you lotto number and when you get the lotto number your life will change so she was on for 30 minutes and all you need to do is to send 30 Ghana to her mobile then she'll give you two short 
He says, today can be too sure. Tomorrow, the spirit will be doing another thing. My surprise was, the moment she finished, the next person that came, said, we thank God for the life of our sister, Sewa. Is it Mami Sewa? Mami Sewa. But when you talk about expert of Loto number, you know, I had fun. So, all of them were selling Loto number to solve people's problems. You see, so what I said to myself is, it is very easy when you are selling things for anybody to claim he is called by God. But to pick the scriptures and explain it as it is, not everybody can do it. The moment we make Christianity solution center, anybody can provide any means of solution. So they can provide you shortcuts to being a millionaire. Yet they don't even understand what eternity is about. They can't even explain to you why Christ died. And it's a simple thing. The devil is taking advantage of what the church of today wants to hear. And it's in scriptures. He says in the last days, people want to hear things what their itching ears wants to hear. They are lovers of themselves, not lovers of God. So when the prayer meeting is not about materialism, they are not motivated to pray. But when the prayer, the prayer topic is about needs, open door. Every day they are opening the heavens as if the heavens is closed. We are fasting to open the heavens over your life. We are decreeing to open the... So I'm wondering who locked the heavens and who has the key? So when your Christian walk is need-based, you are not in Christianity. When your Christian work is need-based, that's why you can check the church in Corinth. The church, no, no let, let me make it very practical. When you check the church in Acts of Apostles, no prayer meeting was for marriage. There was not a time they met and they were praying about people's marriage. So why is ours different? It's a church. In fact, it's the blueprint of church. There was no service they held that somebody needed a child. Did they have personal need? Yes. But the gathering of the saints, that was not the focus. But people go to church because of personal need. So the moment the personal need is not there, they don't see the need to go to church. It was job they were looking for. They have the job. So why should I go to church? It was marriage. I have the marriage. So we abuse why we meet. That's why young people, when, when you see them in church, it means they have an issue. And they are asking, when is the next fasting and prayer? Because we only fast for things. We don't even know why we fast. So Paul says, the moment I heard you have become a Christian, I decided to be praying for you all the time. So what was Paul's prayer topic? That the communication of thy he faith. He says that the fellowship, kononia, of thy faith. Your Christian work, the union you have with God, may become effectual. Will become effective by the acknowledging of every by your thing. ability to acknowledge, every to recognize, thing. to have a precise, accurate knowledge of every good thing where which is in you, which is inside you, the believer in Christ Jesus, which is inside Jesus. So it is unfortunate. That the believer is looking for something that is he already has. So I pray for you that your eyes will open. Because there are things in you which is in Christ. But the only way you will find them is when you have precise knowledge. And knowledge it doesn't come by prayer. Knowledge comes by studying. Paul says the 
mysteries which God has revealed unto me, I've written in few words that when you read, not when you pray, a lot of people are praying, but they are so ignorant. So you go to a church and they are praying for the presence of God to come. Praying for the presence of God, praying for the Holy Spirit. Shall we invite the Holy Spirit? Is he a visitor in his own temple? How do you invite the Holy Spirit? How? Where did he go to? Are you quarreling with him? So we are joining our hands. Then the, the beautiful one is that let's be quiet, let's be quiet. He's coming. Come here. Chai. Very sad. Somebody has been in Christ for how long? And they are still believing this Sunday school stories. How? Your Christianity is it all started with a spiritual birth. So if you were birthed by a spirit, do you need a spirit? Except a man be born of the spirit, he cannot. So you were born of the spirit. Which spirit? The spirit of God. Paul says, if the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead abides in you, does the spirit abide in you? Yes. What is the proof? 1 Corinthians 3.16 1 Corinthians 3 verse 16 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 16 What does he say? Know ye not that ye are don't the temple of God know, Don't you know That you are The, the temple, temple of, God, of God And that the spirit of God dwells in you So the spirit of God is not a visitor in your life The spirit of God Abides inside of you Don't you know So which spirit are you calling Except you are not calling The spirit of God but if you are calling the spirit of God He says don't you know That you are God's temple And his spirit abides Not visits The spirit of God is not a visitor in your life It dwells in your life Don't you know 1 Corinthians 6.19 Don't you know 1 Corinthians chapter 6 I verse like 19. this one because this one felt like an Ashanti man speaking English. 1 Corinthians 6 19. What? Paul was very Ashantiano. He says, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the she. Holy Ghost? She. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy your Ghost? Your body is what? The temple of the Holy your Ghost. Your body is the temple of who? The Holy Ghost. Which is in you. Which is where? So it's not that the Holy Ghost is coming, it's in you. So what are you calling? What do you want to feel? Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost dwells inside of you. Bible says, They that are born of the Spirit, they are the true sons of God. You were born of the Spirit. So ignorance will let you fear what you shouldn't fear. Pray for what you shouldn't pray for. Gather for what you shouldn't gather for. Ignorance. Ignorance. The people are gathering for hours. Killing the devil. And you can't find one scripture in the Bible. That whole 66 book. That says you will kill the devil. So what exactly are you doing? Exercising your throat? Or wasting your time? Does the church even know? The Satan we were left with. Said in the morning. That sometimes we are graduates. No, you are graduate. Me, I'm not a graduate. Some of you have gone to all the schools with degree. You can't even differentiate between past tense and present tense when you come to church. 
But when you are outside church, you are speaking big, big grammar. The Bible says in Revelations, He says, and they overcame the devil by the blood of the Lamb. They overcame. Not they would overcome. If they will overcome, then it is a promise. But He says, they overcame past tense. So believers overcame the devil. How did believers overcame the devil? Proper English is how did they overcome? They overcame the devil, he says, by the blood of the lamb. Was it they applying the blood of the lamb? No. The reason why you are an overcomer is that the blood of Jesus was shed on your behalf. And he says, because they overcame, this is the word of their testimony. Not the car you bought is your testimony of overcoming the devil. Can you imagine? Can, praise the Lord. I bought a new car. Then you have overcome the devil. In what sense do you overcome the devil? Do you know how many unbelievers have bought cars? And they are still under the devil's domain? So you married, so you have overcome the devil. Don't you know some of you, the only reason the devil is getting you is because you are married. So if you are married, because the reason why you are struggling to serve God is that marriage you entered. So how did you overcome the devil by your marriage? You don't have time for God because of that job. You think it's a testimony? You think that which keeps you out of God's presence, that which divides your time with God, it brings glory to God? You borrow the man's word. Anything that divides your attention, anything that stands between you and God, doesn't bring glory to God. Let's go to my main scripture, 2 Corinthians 5, 15. So the child of God must understand that the day you confess Jesus as Lord, the Spirit of God came to live in you. And please, the Spirit of God is not a visitor in you. Let me stay there some more, please. Just a minute. You see, the Spirit of God will at no point live your life. At no point. The believer must know that. At no point is the Spirit of God going to live your life. John chapter 14. When Jesus made this promise, it was not a temporal promise. John 14, 16. John chapter 14, verse 16. Mm-hmm. And I will pray the Father. He says, I will pray the Father. And he shall give you another comforter. He will give you another comforter. That he may abide with you forever. He is going to abide with you for what? So the spirit of God that you were given was not a temporal spirit. The spirit of God that you received in salvation is supposed to abide with you forever. It is the helper for your rapture, my dear. That spirit of God you received. That is the one that is going to carry you when the trumpet sounds. He says, if the spirit that rose Jesus from the dead abides in you to quicken your mortal body, it's not anything physical. It's talking about the day of redemption. That is that one that will quicken the mortal body. Pick it up. That's why you were given that spirit. So the spirit of God dwells inside of you. The spirit of God is dwelling in you forever. There was no conditions to it. That when you lie, then the spirit will go away. When you speak the truth, it comes back. The spirit will abide with you what? Forever. So you have the spirit of God forever. Say, I have the spirit of God forever. I don't need to feel it. I must know it. Somebody said, I don't feel the spirit of God. That's why I asked you last week, do you feel you are a human being? When have you felt like a human being? You know you are a human being. Or you feel like you are, you are an animal. 
So you go to the bush. Because I don't feel human again. You see, this is what causes some of these disorders in human race. That's why some people don't feel like men, they feel like women. You don't have to feel, you should know that even though your feelings are deceiving you, you are a man. Stay there. So we have transgender. Some people are on a journey. That's why people, they can do things. So somebody went on a journey of being from a man to a woman. Then they return back. Oh. Are you a traveling agent? Just transporting yourself left, right, center. Please, stop. Feelings can deceive you. So, what I'm saying to you is that as a believer, sometimes you may not feel the Spirit of God. It doesn't mean it is gone. That's why you are given a written word as an assurance. He will abide with you what? Forever. So, I don't feel. I know. It's like saying, I, I don't feel that if I slap you, you feel it. You don't have to feel it. Slap and see. Do you understand? So it's important for you to know Knowledge is key for the believer I know who I am I know what I possess I know what is in me So I'm not confused When you don't know and it's a feeling Somebody can say anything and you lose it But when you have a place of knowledge That's why Jesus says On that day you will know That I am in you And you are in me He didn't say on that day you will feel That's John 14 20 he says, on that day, which day when you get born again, you will know that I am in you and you are in me. So it's a knowledge. Me, I know that I am in Christ and Christ is in me. Do I see it? I don't see it. I know it. That is why Paul said, you have to come to the place of epignosis to know, not to feel what is in Christ that is in you. I know. So if I want to know things, I go to the word. Because Christ is the word. So if I want to know what is in Christ, I go to Christ. And Christ is the word. In the beginning was the word. So where do I find what is in me, which is in Christ? In the word. Because Christ is the word. So what does the word say about me? Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. He says, Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you think or imagine, according to the power that works where? In you. There is a power in me. That power is the power of Christ. Jesus said again, he says that, that he said, as I am, so what are you in this world? As I am. As I am. I used to think he says, as I was. He says, as I am, so are you. So he's seated at the right hand, I'm seated at the right hand. He's a son of God, I'm a son of God. He dominates, I dominate. As I am, so are you where? In this world. That's why you are the ambassadors of Christ. He's re- he, he was in, when God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. That is why you are the one who reconciles the world to God. Because he has given to us the ministry of what? Reconciliation. Now let's get to serious business. 2 Corinthians 5, 15. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 15. Talk to me. And that he died for all. He says Jesus died for all. That they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves. That anybody who lives now, they don't live unto themselves. But unto him which died for them. That any believer who is living now, you live for Jesus who died for you. And rose again. Any Christian who is living for him or herself is an ignorant Christian. And you are not living for God. Read it again. So that it sink into your head. 2 Corinthians 5.15 Talk to me. 
and that he died for all. He says Jesus died for everybody. That they which live should not henceforth. That they which live should not henceforth. Should not henceforth a free neckway from now on. Live unto themselves. You don't live unto yourself again. But unto him that died but for them. But now when you are alive, you live to please him who died for you. And rose again. Jesus died for you so that your life that you live on this earth, you will live to honor him. It's unfortunate that people who are enjoying the grace of God are living for themselves. Everything is you first. The most painful and ignorant part is the people who are allowing things to be more important to them than God. They can attend an event and ignore church service. You are living unto yourself. You don't understand the value of your Christian work. That they that live now, they don't live unto themselves. He says he died. And that he died for he all. He died. The reason he died for you, that after I save you and give you eternal life, you will use every minute of your life, every day of your life in my honor. In my honor. He died. And that's the reason Jesus died for you, is that you value Jesus above any other thing. It's unfortunate. Christians, they value things, materialism. They value human beings. They can ignore God to honor a man. They don't want their friend to be angry. Some of them are honoring their husbands above God. Money. I said it on Saturday. You see, the only thing, my goodness, God compared Jesus better. Let me use the right word. The only thing Jesus compared with God that is the biggest problem of every human being was money. He says you can't serve God and mammon. That means anybody who decides to follow God, anybody who starts to decide to live for God, you have a challenge of choosing between your service of God and that of man. See how they respect their bosses, but they don't respect the presence of God. There are some things they will never do in their office. The moment they enter their office, professionalism has come. They enter God's house and it's a place you can do anything you like. Where is your honor? What do you value? What is more important to you? He died, oh Jesus, he died for you so that the life that you live, you live to his honor. So do a personal check. How have you been honoring God? How have you been honoring God with your time? Who takes most of your time? Who takes most of your money? Who takes most of your respect? What do you respect most? Forget about what you are saying with your lips. Sometimes your lips may be saying something different, but your actions are saying another thing. So, Are you sure? Are you sure you honor God? Are you sure you honor God? I was brokenhearted yesterday when I heard that they were premiering a movie at Akramo. Avengers or whatever. And three hours before the movie will start, people were sitting outside, waiting. They have paid money to stand in the sun. How many people come to church, wait for the service to start? A movie of how many hours? They were outside. Some couldn't even get ticket. They were just excited to just go and wait out there. What do you value? What is important to you? What will you risk your time? What will you risk your resources? Well, you, when it comes to the things of God, you always have an excuse. What do you live for? You are living for things that have 
no eternal value. The things you are chasing. In heaven there is no marriage. Oh. So let the marriage be the reason why. And when you go, you explain to God, God, it's not me. Oh. You know I really loved you. But this job, you know my boss. Some people can go to the office and they say, we need people who come and work on weekends. They will volunteer themselves. They can trust you that you, you love the job more than your pay. Some people, they work. Hey! They can risk their life for their job. Ask them, what have you risked for the kingdom of God? Ask yourself. Slight headache, you won't come to church. Slight. But you are vomiting, you will still force to church, to work. Slight headache, oh. Slight headache. It is an excuse not to go to church. But they are shaking. And they, ah, I promise my boss I'll be there. I have to. So you are willing to please a man. Some will even go to the office. Bosses will tell them, no, 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 no. Actually, the way you are shaking, go home. So no, 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 boss. I know you don't have anybody to help. Let me stay here. Eh? You are willing to do that. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. What do you live for? What is more important to you? You think it's a casual commitment. Christianity is a daily lifestyle. It's not It's a lifestyle. What did Paul say? Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. Talk to me. I am crucified with Christ. He says I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, Nevertheless I, live. I live. Yet not I. But it's not I who is living. But Christ lives in it's me. It's Christ who is living in me. And the life which I he now live in now the flesh. The life that I am now living in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God. I don't live God. on my own anymore. Who loved me. I live because when I look at his love for me. And gave himself, and he for, gave me. himself for me. I have no choice. That everything I do. God is first. Is God first in your life? Ask somebody. Is God first in your life? Is God your priority? Or other things are more important to you? You have gone to work. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You never came to one evening service. Even the Sunday too. That's when you wash your things. Unbelievable. And you think you're a Christian? The Christian walk is a daily lifestyle. Your commitment to the things of God. No believer. Listen, Christianity doesn't have a vacation. There is not a day I am not a Christian. There is not a day you are permitted to take a leave. Who do you live for? Are you living for yourself? People are living to build houses. Buy cars. Thank God for them. But for your information, they all don't have eternal lifespan. The things you are dying for. You want to be the best worker in your office. Well done. The Bible says we shall all appear before the judgment seat of the Lord. Unappended to, undisguised. Books shall be opened. What answer are you going to answer your maker? Please, forget this Kokwanasi story. If your sins are more than... That's not what the judgment is for. No unbeliever is included in the judgment of God because they are already condemned. The judgment starts in the house of God because what Christ has given you, the life he has given you, what you did with the life, the grace of God you received, what you did with it is what you are going to account for. What did you do with your time? How many years you lived? Out of the years you have lived, how many times did you spend in God's presence? How many times did you spend in God's house? How many times did you spend preaching the gospel to somebody? Do you have any souls you are presenting to God? Let me tell you what I told them on Saturday. Do you know on judgment day is not my father who is taking me to God? No, 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 no. no. 
On judgment day, there is no biological anything. It's a spiritual accountability. So I will take the souls I have won, the lives I have impacted spiritually. So you are not taking your son. Into one will bear 20, I don't think you are the one that you are not. You are not going to give account of any biological produce. The account you are going to give is a spiritual produce. So ask yourself, who are your spiritual children? Or you are going to tell God, I, I, I paid my tithe. You are going to give an account of the souls you have won. The lives you impacted with the gospel of Christ. This is what you are going to give account for. And everybody's works will pass through fire. So ask yourself, how many years have you been a Christian? How many souls do you have? How many souls do you have? How many? Who do you teach the Bible? When you wake up in the morning, who blesses God that you are alive? Because you bring them good news. Because you enlighten them. Who is your life making an impact? You think it's about money? I can tell a lot of unbelievers who give more than your, your concurrency giving. So it's not about money. I know a lot of Muslims who take care of a lot of poor people. So it's not about that. Because the only way to the Father is through Christ. So anybody who doesn't pass through the Father is not qualified for the judgment. So you, you see, Christianity and the messages we preached has made Christians selfish. And they forget that God didn't save you to live for yourself. That's why you don't know how to pray for people to be saved. Because you don't know that's what you'll be judged for. So when the prayer topic is not about you, you are not motivated. Because you don't get it. When the prayer topic is not material, you don't get it. Eternal significance. Who are your souls? Have you ever prayed for anybody to receive the Holy Ghost? Have you ever impacted anybody's life? You know how to take people to your seamstress. Sometimes it's in one corner. You know how to take people to where you buy your shoes. How many people have you drove to the house of God? How you convince people to carry their things to take to your seamstress? Have you convinced people about your Jesus? Write this thing I wrote. As a human being, what is the most important thing to you? Is your attention. As a human being, the most important thing to you is your attention. So the question is right now, either you are listening to me or you are not. So question, what do you pay attention to most in life? Some are so cautious of their health. So cautious of their finances. So cautious of their dress. Me, I'm very careful when I'm stepping out. I have to step out in a... You are cautious of materialism. And how you look outwardly. Are you cautious of your spiritual life? And your spiritual being? What takes your attention? How many hours do you pray in a day? How many times do you read your Bible? You can write this. Because in life, what takes your attention is what drives you. What takes your attention is what drives you. Can people wake up for him? Getting ready to prepare for work. To go and work for men. They want to receive a word. For the worker who comes to work early. Yet when it comes to God, you stroll in at any time. You even come to God's house to come and talk. Sit in the car park. They have come to church. They can sit in their car talking on their phone for 30 minutes. It's called value. What do you value? They can't even give God the attention for 5 minutes. Every few minutes they have to check their phone. They can't give God the attention without looking on their phone. 
without going on social media even when the word of God is being preached they don't have the decency to respect God what is important to you people or God who makes your life what drives you in life listen life is about choices life is about choices and you will reap whatever you sow when you sow spiritually you will reap spiritual gain when you sow physically you will reap physical gain it's as simple as that so if you are sowing to the flesh oh it will be seen by the clothes you are wearing it will be seen by the cars you are driving the same way and because you can't serve the two at the same level one will be neglected the other will be exalted so you have material wealth to show by your spiritual life sister you are afraid of your manager's appraiser but you have not been thinking of eternal appraiser waiting for you human appraiser you are not thinking of what God will say to you on that day that your file will be pulled up what did you live for what did you live for Equia, ask yourself what have you been living for you see you can lie to anybody you can't lie to yourself what are you passionate about what consumes you in life you are crazy about your career that you are pursuing your career not pursuing his career the kind of choices we make will determine the life we live first Samuel chapter 2 verse 29 and 30 1 Samuel 2 29 and 30 1 Samuel chapter 2 verse 29 and verse 30 talk to me wherefore wherefore kick ye at my sacrifice mm-hmm. and at mine offering mm-hmm. which I have commanded in my habitation mm-hmm. and and honorest thy sons above me and you do what honors thy sons you above honor me you honor your sons above me God was talking to priest Eli. You honor or prophet Eli you want to call him. You have honored your sons above me. Continue. To make yourselves fat with the chiefest of all the offerings of Israel my Uh, people. uh Verse 30. Mm -hmm. Wherefore the Lord God of Israel says Therefore the Lord God of Israel says I should tell you. I said indeed. I said indeed that thy house, that thy house, and the house of thy father, and the house of your father, should walk before me forever. That they should walk before me forever. But what has happened? But now the Lord says. Now the Lord says. Be it far from me. Be it far from me. For them that honor me, I will honor. For them that honor me. I will honor. I the Lord will honor. And they that despise me. And they that despise me, Lord. Shall be lightly esteemed. They shall be lightly esteemed. I told you that your house will be forever but empire me. That's a serious statement for God to say about you. Very serious statement. What do you honor above God? He says Eli was honoring his sons above. Some people they say all they are living for is their children. That's a very unfortunate statement to make. That you live your life because of your children. We, as Christians, we live for Christ, not for anything. You live for your husband, your wife, your job, anything you put above. Please write this down. Honor is to esteem above. Honor is respect. So what do you esteem above? Now the God has shown and ask yourself. So you can ask the questions. 
God and my work, which one do I have more time? God and my children, which one do I have more time? God and my friends, which one do I have time? It's a simple question you can answer yourself. When I'm going for a program and I'm going to church, which one am I more serious? How do I prepare for program? Some of you prepare the dress you wear for a wedding in three months' time. You know what you wear in three months' time. Have you even planned that you are coming to church this week? What do you honor? What do you esteem? What are the excuses you have been given? Jesus said a man cannot serve two masters. You either honor one and despise. So the question, are you despising God and honoring money? Honoring your job? Honoring your children? Honoring humans above God? He says you either honor one and dishonor the other. So the question is, which one are you honoring? Which one are you dishonoring? Anything you honor, it shows in your attitude. Anything you honor, anything you honor, your mother didn't die. Your friend's mother's cousin died. You can travel for days. Some will take, they will take leave. In fact, some can even lie to their bosses for funeral. A year and you live some few meters from church sometimes you are in pain you take your pain to human events but when it comes to the things of God you give excuse unbelievable what do you honor he says if you honor me I will honor if you honor me the Lord if you put me as first I will also put you first some people instead of listening to the spirit of God they are listening to like Eli he was listening to his sons instead of listening to the spirit of God with your commitment you are listening to what your friends will say it's sad that people say stupid things and you buy into it you don't have any life all your life is church who told you church is not a life the life that I live I live for Christ there is not a day it's not for Christ I don't know about you. Maybe you, you can have life for people. I don't value any human being above Christ. Before, I used to attend every event of my friends. I have stopped. My school platform. All they are doing is attending events. If you like what I'm doing, my own, don't come. But I can't attend every event. If there is no church program, oh, I will go. But never will anything cross my appointment with God. Ah, uh-uh. For what? For what by what? Is it not human beings that will talk? Gilbert, when you invite him, he doesn't come. That's all. Would it affect my eternity? Stop that, stop that. You, are, you know what? You are so concerned about people's impression about you, but you don't give a damn about how God feels. Some of you, you are so important to the vision of God, but you come to church anytime you want. You are so concerned about the impressions of your colleagues. You have outgrown out of your relationship with God that you don't even have the consciousness how God will feel. You don't anymore. It's become normal to you. You have become used to it. I know somebody has not been to church for five months. Now I say, are you okay? Really, you can live without going to church? Out of my 42 years in life, I'm telling you, I've gone to church more than I've not gone to church. Like 80% of my life. I'm not talking about only Sundays. For the past how many months? Every day I preach. Every day. So I'm in church every day. Jesus said, don't build treasures on this earth where mites and termites with you, but build treasures in heaven where no thieves can break in. What legacy are you building? 
You want excuse? Should I tell you how many medicine I've put in my body before I'm standing here? You have no idea. Sometimes I get off drip to preach. Go back to the drip. You have no idea. You have no clue. Why was I late to church today? I don't come to church late. I have every reason to be in bed. But when you have a destiny, when you have people's life depending on you, you don't live for yourself anymore. You can't. You can't. What are you sacrificing for the kingdom of God? Some of you, the only history you have with God is your past. Some years ago, I used to be very committed to the things of God. Go and tell that to God. What do you live for? Malachi chapter 1 verse 6. Whether you like it or not, in life, we are in a battle between people and God. Between things and God. It's a battle. It's a choice you have to make daily. Malachi 1 6. Malachi chapter 1 verse 6 A son honoreth his father A son honoreth his father And a servant his master And a servant his master If then I, if then the father, I am your father says Where the Lord, is my honor Where is my honor And if I be a master If I am your master Where is my fear Where is my fear Says the Lord of hosts unto you Says the Lord, the Lord of hosts Unto you, O priest, unto you, O priest, that despise my name, who despise my name, and ye say, wherein Steam. have the Bible says you are holiness, a royal priesthood. So he's talking to you, he's talking to you, priest. You call me, you say I am your master. Me, Nyamidian pe God is the only person. But where is his honor? Where is God's honor? Esteeming him above all things. Where is it? Where is his fear? Do you even have holy reverence? Do you fear? Some people come to the house of God to disrespect the house of God. Pastor is preaching and they are cracking jokes. Pinching each other. Some people, the last time they were even passing biscuits in God's house. If God is your master, where is your fear? Where is your honor? Can you be passing biscuits in front of your boss whilst your boss is giving a keynote? And everybody is attentive in the office. Then you and your friends are passing biscuit and opening wrapper of biscuit, making noise. If I am your God, where is your honor? He says, Where is my honor? God is asking, Where is his honor? Do you honor his meetings? That's why I said it's very easy. Ask yourself when you have a meeting with your boss, how do you prepare? How do you behave? The same way when you are coming to God's house, how do you prepare? What's your attitude? That is what is going to let you know. It's very, very simple. You can know it. You know yourself. That's why I said people wake up. They have children. Who? Children. Children. Below five. They wake them up to bath them by force. Your children can't. They are not awake. You are bathing them. Oh, Kwame. Yes, she's sorry. Why? Pull the little boy into the bathroom. Pour water on him. Where are you going? To work. A human being is going to give you money. You don't want a human being to be angry with you. The same person on Sunday, 4 p.m. service, oh, they can't bring their children. Once a week, oh, but for five days in the week, they wake up at dawn. They are the first to go to office. Dress smartly. They go on time. They are serious. Reverse it to the presence of God. From 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Some of them, even if it's 5, they don't want to go home. 
They work. They don't even want to take a break. You come and sit here for one hour, thirty minutes. You have to stand up five times. Some of them they just stand up going nowhere. They just stand up to spy people. Unbelievable. Where is his honor? Please write so you don't forget. In life, you are battling between things and God, people and God, owing things, owing things. Owing things. There's a battle. I want to own this car. So I have to work extra. And because you want to own things, it creates that void between your time for God. So somebody must suffer. Some of them is cravings, cravings. When I was young, I had this craving. I wanted to be this. Some people are driven by their ambition. That their ambition is making them disrespect the God who created them. So we have things and people battling for our attention. But it is only God that demands our full attention. We have things, people battling for our attention. But it is only God who demands our full attention. And we should not speak lightly of the things of God. Oh, we neighbor. Some people, the way they place less value on the things of God is very sad. You respect a receptionist in an office. But you come to church and an usher says, sit here. You bullshit them and do whatever you like. And these people are representing God. Any authority in the house is given by God. God gives to the pastor. The pastor gives that authority to somebody to serve. So when you disrespect anybody, you are disrespecting the authority which is in the house of God. And the only authority in the house of God is Christ. Christ is the head. Christ is the authority of the church. Do you respect service? Do you respect the time of the service? Do you? When somebody is invited, can you tell them, this is my service time, so I can't. Or God should wait, you are telling your friends. It doesn't matter who is doing anything. If it's a Sunday I'm supposed to preach, it can be the president of Ghana's event. Never will I let go my duties as a pastor to meet physical needs never you can write this thing down if I give respect and my time for the world if I give my time and my respect for the world and for men who give me money then it's a shame how I treat the work of God and disrespect the house of God my boss is having the son's party so you will leave early to go and assist. Have you ever left early to come and assist to clean this auditorium before? Your boss is not going to increase your salary. You just want humans' eye service, favor from men. Have you ever in your life planned your day, your weekend with the church of God in mind? How is this place cleaned? You know how to complain about how the bathroom is not clean. Have you volunteered to do it before? Matthew chapter 10, verse 11. Matthew chapter 10, verse 11. Talk to me. And into whatsoever city or town ye shall enter. Jesus said, Whatsoever city that the disciples will enter. Inquire who in it is worthy. Inquire in that city who is worthy. And there abide till ye go hence. And there abide till you go hence. And when ye come into an house, salute it. Uh huh. That's verse what? Go to verse 40 and 42 because of that. Matthew chapter 10 verse 40. He that receives you receives me. He says if you enter anywhere. He 
deceives me. So the honor you give to a man of God, you are doing it for God. If you disrespect a man of God, you have disrespected God. He says, He that receives you receives me. Receives me, Jesus. And he that receives me receives him that sent me. And anybody who receives me is receiving him God that who sent, sent me. me. Verse 41. Mm-hmm. He that receives a prophet in the name of a prophet. He that receives a prophet in the name of a prophet. Not in the name of husband. Shall receive. Not in the name of brother, cousin. He that receives a prophet in the, in name, the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. Receives a prophetic reward. Talk to me. Talk and to he me. that receives a righteous man in the name of righteous man mm-hmm. shall receive a righteous man's reward. Mm-hmm. And whosoever shall give to drink unto one of these little ones mm-hmm. a cup of cold water mm-hmm. only in the name of a disciple. Verily I say unto you, he shall in no wise lose his reward. Ah, how do you receive the gifts of God? How do you receive instructions of your pastor? How do you receive? Like I said, people who have been given instructions to lead prayer, how do you receive them? These are all things. Some people, till they see the general overseer, they respect nobody. Even if you agree, oh, hello, you are welcome, they don't even mind you. Are not the reason they are here, but each anybody that serves in the house of God represents God. Your attitude, your response is not unto them, it's unto God. So you must note that it is not the man of God, but is the one who sent him that matters. You can write it this way in my dealings with a man of God, it is not about him, but about the one who sent him. Next point. When you disrespect those God has sent, it will cost you so much. When you disrespect those God has sent, it will cost you so much. Don't forget these disciples included Thomas, Peter, and Jesus sent to. They didn't say, as long as Thomas is not doubting, I'll receive him. As long as Peter will not deny Jesus, me, I will stay with him. No. It's not about what the man of God does. It's about who sent him. Because the people God sent were not perfect people. Matthew the task collector was part of it. So it's not about their perfection. Sometimes people take it for granted. As long as a man is called, there is no resenting of God's word towards the man of God's life. Don't make that error. The gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. There's a very interesting story in Daniel chapter 5. Nebuchadnezzar had captured, entered the temple and taken the gold and all the things that belongs to God. When he took it to his country, his son woke up one day and his stupidity entered his head. He wants to do party. He ordered, hey, go and bring those things. Those things that my father captured from the Israelites. They said that's what their, their priests used to use. Those things were used to honor God. Bring it. He started to abuse the gift of God because they are captured. Verse 25. Daniel 5.25 Whilst they were drinking, an invisible hand started writing. Teni, teni. 25. Daniel chapter 5 verse 25. Mm. 
and this is the writing that was written mm-hmm. many 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 tekel absahim <laughs> This is, mm-hmm. this is the interpretation of the thing. Many. Mm-hmm. God had numbered thy kingdom and finished it. Hey. Take hell. Thou art weighed in the balances and thou art found wanting. Perez. Thy kingdom is divided and given unto the Medes and the Persians. Nebuchadnezzar's son didn't live one day more. He thinks the fact that the things have been captured, he can misuse it. A man of God may have fallen, made a mistake. It doesn't mean you can take him for granted. They have been captured though. They are not even in Israel. They are in Babylon. Yet, they are still sacred in a foreign land. Say your kingdom is finished. The hand of the Lord wrote. The hand of the Lord wrote. I hope an invisible hand is not writing what he shouldn't write because of dishonor. Dishonor causes a man. Honor has a reward. Never be too close enough to dishonor. Never be too close enough to dishonor. Never be too familiar with the things of God, the services of God to dishonor. Never. Oh, this is just Bible studies. So you can behave anyhow treat it anyhow there is no this is just when it comes to the things of God anything that concerns God as a Christian you treat it with honor anything that God's name is attached to it God's equipment God's house God's people God's what do you honor what do you value what do you give your time to this life you are living are you living for yourself or you are living for is somebody going to be saved because you are alive or you are just counting bad days no impact do you wake up and because of certain life you stay alive Paul said I am torn between two either to go or to stay to die is gain to live is Christ if I go it will benefit me but if I stay it will benefit you so my question as I bring my message to a close who does your being alive benefit are you alive only for you I'm not talking about physical things before you start thinking your children and your business you are living for your child and your business all with no eternal is there souls waiting they can't wait because it's a Tuesday you are coming to share the word of God with them they can't wait because you are the motivation in their life. Who are you living for? Are you living for yourself? Is it me, myself, and I and killing yourself for things with no eternal value? Or you can be proud one day and say, I fought a good fight. I ran the race. All that is left is a prize of a higher calling. Child of God. Who do you live for? For Christ. Or for yourself. Rise up on your feet. This was a message from the General Overseer of Yakal House, Reverend Gilbert Osei. We are available anytime for prayer, support, and counseling. Please don't hesitate to call us on 544 600 600 That's 544 600 600 We love you, and there's nothing you can do about it.